we go. You are listening to Law and Gospel on this Rumination Thursday, May the 14th in the year of our Lord 2020, being a Rumination Thursday. We have with us on the line with myself, Tom Baker, Reverend Wes Reimnitz. How you doing, Wes? I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. We hear it's going to be up to 80 degrees today in St. Louis. How's Springfield, Illinois? Well, they're talking 70, but it's raining right now. Well, that'll keep it down a little cooler, but the humidity is going up. We can turn off our humidifiers in the house. Hmm. And is that a sign that the end of the world is coming when we can turn off our humidifiers? (laughs) I guess some people would call it that, huh? (laughs) I think you are absolutely right. What you sent me was an article about how a majority of pastors believe that we are in the signs of Jesus' return. And they have charts about the various things that they think are happening. And they believe that the end times is really close. What, what's your uh, initial reaction to that? Well, my initial reaction is, uh, yeah, of course, they're, they're right. These, these things are going on. But uh, as you delve d- deeper and deeper into the article, you go, yeah, I don't think we would agree with everything that they're talking about here. No, uh, they're particularly looking at the pandemic that we have right now, thinking that that is found in the book of Luke, and that is a sign of the end. But I think the point that we want to make today, and we're going to go through the various signs that they're talking about, is when Jesus spoke about those signs, they actually were occurring in his day also. And I don't see an increase in them since the time of Jesus. Well, obviously, over the years, more and more of them have occurred. But I don't have any problem thinking that the end of the world won't come for another how many thousands of years, or it could come tonight. It it doesn't really matter. Yes, uh, from what you're talking about. I think key to that is uh, when I was looking at that passage in Matthew 24 and then again in Mark uh, 13 uh, is the beginning of birth pangs. It doesn't talk about birth pangs, but it's the beginning of birth pangs, all these signs that we're talking about. So we're only at the beginning phases of these things. So before we get into the specifics of the signs that they mention, why do you think God gives us the signs if we can't figure out when the last day is going to occur? I think it's it's to alert us, keep us on the alert, to to be watchful as to what's going on. You know, I I think about when I go to a, a, a town, I'm alerted that the town's, 50 miles, 10 miles, you know, I'm getting closer and closer. Right. Well, in the uh, Post-Dispatch today, they had an article where three robbers broke into a house 
And the man who owned the house shot two of them. They were mm. 10 years old and six years old. Oh, my. Yes. Now, when you read that, guess what? You begin to lock your doors at night. There, there's no guarantee right. that your house is going to be broken into. But it is a sign that this is how bad the neighborhood has become. Where mm. kids that age. In fact, I uh, saw a recent a documentary where older individuals who were dealing with drugs, etc., would use young people to sell them, to take them to places because they would not be um, arrested as adults. And so they were safe, the older guys, because they weren't doing it and they were paying the young ones to do it. So once more, we see a sign of one of the things that Jesus is talking about. So mm. they have a list and a percentage. For example, 83 of the pastors believe some things down to 63% believe others. So let's look at the first one. And the point we're trying to make is the, are these signs just happening today, or were they also happening at the time of Jesus? Now, the first one that you sent me is the rise of false prophets and false teachings. 83% of the pastors say that that shows the end times is near. Now, how do we relate to that? Well, you know, we we take a look at the false prophets, even in the Old Testament, the rise of false prophets that were were there and claiming to be Christ. Uh, you know, after Christ's ascension, there there were right around uh, 125 A.D. There was a guy going around calling him Bar Kokhba, who said he was the Messiah that had come to the earth, and it, it repeats itself. Uh, I believe during the time of Luther, there were several guys going around claiming they were, they were the Christ. It seemed like every generation that there was some kind of rise of false Christs or false prophets uh, coming along. Well, remember when Stephen so was, was stoned, part of the reason he was stoned is he said that you also are doing what you're forefathers had done before oh. in killing the prophets and of course they got really angry at that because they had killed jesus and so they stoned him so there's no way that you can say that the sign of false prophets and false teachings are worse today than they were in the day of jesus because all of them are speaking against the word of god Mm. I think it's a point well taken. In fact, you know, you can prove a lot by polls, by how you ask the question. So, for example, the question I feel that they were asking, which is inappropriate, is this. Do you believe that these signs 
indicate that God is almost coming back and could come back, you know, maybe even today. What they should have asked is this question. We're going to give you the signs of the end times. Do you think they all were occurring at the time of Jesus? And I wonder how hmm. the percentages would have changed. That, I think, we, you know, was more key to it, is we, we tend to, to look at just our world around us and see it going and going, here he comes, and unless we take a, a wider view. I think a wider view is when does the, the end times begin? Well, the end times begins well, when Jesus begins his proclamation of the kingdom of God. Yeah, see, sometimes we, we look at it at the ascension, but, you know, you know, I got to looking again at, what was it, Mark 1? Right. Where where he says, behold, the, uh, re, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. He's ushering in that second coming that the end times is not. Yes. That kingdom of God refers not to a static location, but a dynamic movement of God to his people. And that begins with the message of Jesus in proclaiming the gospel. So I agree that the majority of pastors would say these are signs of end times. I'm not sure, and here's where I would disagree with the article, is that therefore the end times is just about on us. Because Jesus makes mm. clear Nobody is going to know the end times. It's going to come as a thief in the night. In fact, every time that Jehovah Witnesses give a date, like June the 15th in 1943, I am confident that Jesus will not be coming back on that day because then he wouldn't be coming as a thief in the night. Everybody's expecting him. So, yeah, well, when when we went to the year 2000, uh, there were any number of them that were predicting that the end of the world was going to come. <laughs> and we're at 2020 now. <laughs> right. In, in fact, if you think about it, the end times did come for Stephen. Because mm. when he was stoned, he was stoned because he was speaking out against false teachers and all these signs were already taking place. And I think the point you made is very good. God doesn't give us the signs to figure out when the last day is going to occur, but he gives us the signs to acknowledge that it could occur at any moment. It may occur before we finish this program. Mm hmm some people are probably and, praying that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you also take into account uh, Revelation, and uh, it was Brighton's commentary on that. He he talks about the these things that are happening as reoccurring, and Revelation talks about them as as cyclical things that they continue to repeat themselves over time as, as we prepare for the second coming of Christ. Another sign of the end, the second one, was love of many believers growing cold. 
Now, we even have a name for those individuals. We call them nuns, not N-U-N-S, but N-O-N-E-S. People who have just given up on denominations. But was that occurring in the day of Jesus? I would say so. I would say it was a, a real real problem that they were having in terms of following the the uh, legalistic uh, Sanhedrin, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and things of that nature, wouldn't you? Well, I would even include the disciples. Mm. One betrayed him, one denied him. They all fled from him in the Garden of Gethsemane. Talk about growing cold in their love for Jesus. Their faith well, was even, weak. Well, even before that, before the, the 12 left, he, he had upwards of 70, and they began to leave him. You know, Yes, because so no he, one he comes to the Father except through me. He was against yeah. decision theology. The third item right. is traditional morals are becoming less acceptable. Now, we know that's really happening in our day. A gay marriage, which is an abomination before Almighty God. Uh, abortion, which is the murder of children in the womb. But was that happening in the day of Jesus also, where uh, morals were becoming less and less? Oh, Yes, uh, it's it's often commented that uh, among us as Christians that if you really take a look at the Gospels and the Pauline epistles, that there was a um, restoration, so to speak, of how God looked at, at women. You know, during the time of Christ, uh, they were all treated as a piece of property. Right, and remember the the Roman culture. If they had a baby girl and they wanted boys instead, they would take the girl and put her out in the wilderness in order that she would die as a child, a baby, an infant. And so there was plenty of immorality, uh, homosexuality, etc., going on. And look at all of these false religions. And remember, they had temple prostitutes in these false religions. So I don't see that immorality has increased that much, even from the days of Jesus. Right. I would agree. Uh, You know, as an add-on to what you said about the Romans, if you read in Alan Smith's book, How Christianity Changed the World, he brings out, especially like uh, in the Roman dumps there, they would take children they take the girls, they would take uh, children that were maldeformed or they figure had deformities and put them in the dumps. And the Christians would come and bring them uh, and uh, bring them home and raise them. Yeah. One of the points in his books is that when Christianity enters into a land, you have an increase in hospitals that serve all the people and the understanding of women and their status increases because of Christianity. But apart from that, boy, you have great immorality going on in many false religions. 
Now, the next one is wars and national conflicts. <laughs> when, when have we never been in a, in a period of time where we haven't seen that? I mean, I, I chuckle at it, but uh, I know it's serious. But can you think of a generation where we haven't had wars or national conflicts or rumors of wars going on? Well, take a look at in the day of Jesus, many of the Christians would be thrown into the middle of an arena with their families and lions would attack them. I'm quite sure they realize this is the end of life for them at that point. Well, we may still have that going on overseas in certain countries where Christians are being put to death for being Christians. But at least in the United States, we don't see that much occurring because of your religious belief. I've never been threatened with violence because I'm a Lutheran pastor. Have you? Not really. No. I've been ridiculed, I I know, by uh, people for doing it. Yeah, and then you get papers like the Post-Dispatch that's always attacking Christianity and our morals. Okay, the next one was... There is a number of people abandoning their Christian faith. Well, oh, before you get to that one, pardon? Yeah, before you get to that one, there's earth. We got to get the earthquakes and natural disasters in. Well, yes, that was seventy-six percent of the pastors. I'm trying to figure out how could twenty-four percent of Christian pastors not think that earthquakes national disasters or the number of people abandoning the Christian faith isn't a sign of the end. Well, what are they reading? Yes, both of those, yeah. (laughs) I'm not quite sure. (laughs) You know, that that one kind of puzzled me as well. Wouldn't one think that a national disaster would include the destruction of the temple in A.D. 70? Mm. Yeah, yeah, one would think, well, that's the end time, but it wasn't. But it was a sign of the ends. And abandoning their yeah. Christian faith, we've already talked about uh, the nuns. You have any comments on those two items? Well, you know, I can remember back in the 1970s, when I when I was reading that, I, I started keeping track of it. I gave up. I gave up after about a year of that, between uh, the earthquakes that there were coming, natural disasters. I mean, you look at natural disasters. Uh, you, you think about the hurricanes in Puerto Rico and and in New Orleans and Houston and over in uh, Florida, that's just us in the United States, not to mention the typhoons that go on over in Asia and things of that nature. It's just uh, how can you not, when you look at those things, say those are signs that that are pointing us to the fact that Christ is coming. Um, Brighton makes the point in his Revelation commentary over and over again, that uh, it says in Revelations over and over that, that is, God is seeking to bring the unbeliever and wake his consciousness that uh, they may come to faith and, and believe. 
It's kind of like when you go to a physician, you're not feeling well. He does a diagnosis and finds out you have an illness. That not feeling well is a sign to you to go to the physician. It may not result in your death. It may result in surgery or something like that. But it is a sign that could result in death. And that's why you go to a physician. Similarly, earthquakes, wars, rumors of wars, etc., are signs so that we go to our divine physician, Jesus Christ, because that's the only place where we can find proper comfort. Uh, well said, well said. What's the uh, next one that uh, <laughs> 70 yeah, percent answers? Famines. I found well, that one interesting. Yeah. How so? Well, you, you look at uh, famines. Sometimes they're the result of droughts that, that have come along, but uh, also uh, they're a result of, of wars and and, and uh, what's left over. I mean, you look at uh, over the course of history. Uh, if you pull the word itself famine out of the Bible, there's 50, 60 sometimes that it's it's talked about in, in the Old Testament. So when when do we uh, say the end of the world is Old Testament, New Testament, you know, uh, today or what? Well, if you go to the New Testament, remember Paul was raising money for Jews who had become Christian in Jerusalem who were not being fed by the Pharisees. And so they were mm. undergoing a famine even in that time. I believe that many famines occur because of false doctrine. I, I'm thinking mm. of those nations that would say it is a sin or it is wrong to kill a cow because of reincarnation, that could be a relative of mine that was reincarnated into a cow. And so to kill animals for food, they say no, and they don't really watch them as they destroy their fields. And they have plenty of food around, but they refuse to take it because of their false teachers. You know, I never really had thought of it that way, but I think you bring up a good point that, uh, Sometimes we, we build walls in such a way that uh, we cause the famines or we cause some of the misery that we see going on. Yes. Now, I found the next one, and it's the last one they list, which is a sign of the end. What was that? <clears throat> Anti-Semitism towards Jewish people worldwide. Yeah, I found that one interesting, too. Yeah, you wonder why they put that one in. There was no doubt there was anti-Semitism in Jesus' day among the Gentiles and the Samaritans, but there also is anti-Christianism. And I think that in our day, there's a lot more anti-Christians than there are anti-Jews. Well, buried in the article itself was uh, the uh, that they believed that the that the coming of, of the kingdom of Israel was in 1948 when 
when the Jewish nation was was set up in Palestine, and right. that was a, a sign that that uh, the end was coming near. What do you have to say about that? Well, I wouldn't have any problem with showing anything to be a sign that the end could come. I have a problem with saying that it's near. Well, it's obviously nearer than when Jesus said it, 2,000 years. But it still could be a lot uh, to go. If yeah. you get my drift. Now, the last one sure. I found really interesting. It's a percentage of 11% of pastors. And what do they say? <laughs> None of the above. Yeah, Can I was trying to figure that, that one out. That, that none of the signs that Jesus gives are assigned to the end. The only way I could understand that properly is if they were asked the question, do you believe the end is coming right now because of these signs? And it would be correct to say, well, none of the above says they're coming right now, but they could. That's the only way I could understand that. Yeah. Because as you read through the signs, you could say, yeah, we're, we're seeing them reoccur. And he, as you said earlier, he, he could be just around the corner. And Well, that takes care of our broadcast for today. Thanks again. I think that's important for people to understand the signs of Jesus' return are to make us aware that he could come at any time. And that's why we turn to him each and every day. On tomorrow's Law and Gospel, although it's an open mic, we'll be reading letters again. God bless. Good morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.